Luscious Slew, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be into it. Listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, Josiah's will accommodate. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate One. I was jotting in a sea of podcasts, then I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, and sex facts. It's more than anyone can ask for. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Another episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Josiah. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate episode 315. I'm your host, Josiah, at ForTheVillain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. What's up, guys? Uh, <laughs> I'm back a lot quicker than a lot of you guys thought I would be. Uh, let's hit it like we normally do. I want to say I want to have a short show, and I know me, and I'm a talker. So let's hit it like we normally do. What we spoke about 100 episodes ago. 100 episodes ago, we entitled the show, episode 215, uh, Thanos Wins. The Comic Syndicate, episode 215, Thanos Wins. This week at For the Villain Hits, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Welcome to the club. Sports talk, new podcast update on deep dives and rabbit holes. Then it goes into – actually, I'm going to stop it right there because uh, when deep dives and rabbit holes started wasn't a thing. Um, I, it's another idea I had and, and have and still write. Jeez, these ones are fucking cool and fun and funny and, and bizarre because I get to scratch every fucking itch for being creative. I like pulling up topics on anything I've seen or read and anything I've experienced. Like, okay, this is bizarre. This is weird. Let me go pulling these strings to figure this out. So I literally deep dive and fuck, you guys don't know the work that goes into the deep dive Work, 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 and pull up any articles and every piece of information I can to create uh, all full facts on a particular topic and then uh, talk about it and then give my thoughts and input on it. And it's fucking cool. It's bizarre. It's fun to do, but it's a good, again, scratch. Like, I need to always hit my creative uh, scratches. And I know that sounds bizarre to a lot of people, but that is deep dives and rabbit holes. All right, we hit what the fuck news. Rankers list the most 16 unintentionally sexy things girls do along with things that aren't nerdy anymore. All right, I always love these because the comic syndicate, the comic syndicate is going to change a bit and a lot. And I'm going to go back more into topics and what the fuck news and sex facts because well josias is 
a weird guy, and uh, I think our audience knows that for the most part by now. This one was interesting. So, number one, let's start with with uh, Ranker's list, the most 16 unintentionally sexy things girls do. Now, if we're talking right now, any gentlemen that are listening to the podcast, is there any particular thing, first of all, that can come to your head that I just love when a girl, a woman does this? For me, off the top of my head, is biting her lip is just fucking hot. Eyes rolling in a particular way when you're pleasing her is dope to me. Uh, besides that, though, if you guys are curious, and women are curious about this one, go back 100 episodes ago. Subscribe to the Comic Syndicate podcast in any podcast site and um, listen to the whole library, dude. This is 100 episodes ago. We hit um, things that aren't nerdy anymore. This one is kind of interesting to me off off the cuff already because, all right, guys and gals, what do you guys think of uh, things that aren't nerdy anymore? Like, I used to read comics when I was 14 in the 90s. It was frowned upon. Uh, manga, anime, anything that was not cool back then is completely cool now. Um, what do you guys feel isn't nerdy anymore? All right, that's just a topic. Go back 100 episodes ago. Finally hits Comic Talk, Stan Lee's Spawn movie, Doctor Doom movie script, Solo, Box Office Numbers, Aquaman trailer, new Jared Leto, Solo movie, J.J. Abrams' new gig, hmm. Logan Wolverine, new powers, then finally rocks Comic Reviews, Marvel, Thanos wins number 12 through number 15. All right. Uh, I remember exactly what I spoke about every time I read these, and I try to pull them up and be prepared. But every time I come across these conversations, not these conversations, these topics, I know exactly like, okay, fuck, I know where your headspace, headspace was back then. Like, you're good you're, yeah, on this point. Um, so they're worth talking about because, again, the library, guys, I don't do this a lot. Subscribe, number one. Share with your friends. I'm boring. I'm different. I'm completely fucking different than every fucking podcast, that's for sure. But um, I'm back now, and I'm fucking happy being back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to piss off a lot of people, but this is my happy place, so let me be fucking happy. Um, let's hit some bullet points. Last week I didn't hit any bullet points for the most part. This one, I'm going to have to hit some bullet points. Uh, first one is going to be Adam Garza. Adam, after dropping the first episode or the first episode in a long time last week, the evening of, literally like half an hour after I dropped the episode, Adam was the first one to hit me up like, I'm, I'm sorry you've been heartbroken. And that's all I fucking really needed. I would have loved to. The cat's here too. Don't mind the bells. Um, the the fact that Adam hit me up number one felt great and fantastic. I love you number one, and I miss you. And thank you, Adam. Yes, uh, it hurt for, for a while, and I got a lot of. Um, I kind of got bombarded a little bit of personal people like telling me. That was really 
Thank you. Like weird and, and but beautiful at the same time. So Adam, number one, just you telling me like I'm sorry you got heartbroken, but it's good to have you back. It is beautiful. Next day would have to be uh, Eric Lopez. Eric, fuck motherfucker, I love you, dude. Um, you hit me up a lot, and I know I'm not the best person to text back because I'm always busy working and Daniel my one of my best friends out here I feel the same way that I feel about you like you guys hit me up all the fucking time and and I'm not answering as quick enough as I can so my apologies Eric but I love you dude like you're fucking awesome you're rad and you're always out of the blue through <laughs> throughout everything you've always Try to check up on me and don't think it's um, it's been lost on me because it never has been. Uh, Loopy, next one. Lupe is the next person, dude. Uh, Comic-Con. My bad for not meeting you up. Uh, getting out to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, day two on Friday it took me about four hours from here. And to find parking and to get into the fucking place and to to do it was a bitch. By the time I got in, it's like, oh, fuck, she's in a panel already. I want to hang out here and wait for you. But no, Lupe, like, you've always been awesome as well. Don't think I, I ignored you because something was, dude, I wanted to see you guys. I miss you guys. Um, I do love you guys. Um, so yeah, you guys were the first two people that really hit me up until Loopy Lupe hit me up the other the other day, and then um, yet literally yesterday. Uh, so fuck me, uh, Friday uh, August fourth. I, I got a weird and cool message. So this is the best time for me to explain and describe this because whoever you are, number one, I'm sorry. This is not a joke on you, but. It gives me, number one, something to talk about. Number two, give you some love because I don't know who you are. And I could have easily asked you one-on-one, -on -one, I'm sorry, who are you? So if you were bored enough to listen to the last episode, hopefully you're going to listen to this one because this one's particularly about you. This was a mes message I got on Instagram. Uh, the Henry... The Henry's Catering. That's it. Hey, bro. Just heard your episode. I'm sorry to hear about everything. If you ever just need to talk or vent or just record a show, let me know. I love you, man. I was excited and blessed to hear your voice once again. My response, like always, I, I try to be humble and kind and sincere. Like I don't – we're all the same people and I try to make everyone feel like the same type person like we all work and we all do the same thing um and they got back to me now again whoever you are um at henry's catering number one you you only have three pictures up so number one i don't know if you're a stalker i don't know who you are um there is no number associated with this handle so i'm like i don't know if i should call you catering or if I should call you Henry or just the. So number one, my apologies for not knowing who you are. I could have easily asked on the same text message that I'm reading or Instagram message. I'm reading it now, right now. Who who are you? Like, 
But if you're listening again, I want to give you the attention you you probably deserve because this what I texted you back or messaged you back was completely honest and sincere for me. And then you got back to me off of this one. Of course, I should have reached out sooner, but I've been off socials a while as well. Also, I'm excited for your next chapter in life and so happy you have found some sort of joy in cooking. I've grown up in restaurants and selling and making food, and I'm glad you have found something productive like that to expand your horizons. And I hearted that, and that was cool as fuck. So I'm sorry um, at Henry's Catering that I'm a dick for not knowing who you are. But if you're listening right now, dude, I I appreciate it. I'm assuming you're a dude. Um, I don't know if you're a wrestler or, or one of my old co-workers. And I could have easily asked again, who are you? I'm sorry. But uh, I thought this, was, this would be a better type of love I can give you. Like, let me give you some adoration back. And this is what it is. All right. Uh, speaking of Adam, still... Adam Garza still riding on my coattails. Um, Adam Garza, I love you. I miss you. And I, when I say riding on my coattails, I mean um, we built the Comic Syndicate podcast together. We we built sites and websites and Facebook sites and everything. And I have noticed once Comics and Tortillas got started and going. Um, he used the same page, a built-in audience from the Comic Syndicate, all of the work we both put in. Uh, and he started dropping his Comics and Tortillas podcast stuff. Still riding my coattails. Adam, I love you. That's a fucking joke. If there's anything I can do to help you promote you, I'm always going to do that. I know. I hope you're laughing right now because I love you. Um, I didn't mind. It looked weird because it's like, okay, he's doing that. Adam, I love you. I don't care. Um, it's not using that platform. We kind of built an audience back then, so use it to help yourself thrive. And guys, please listen to Adam. He's more adamant and more firm on comic reviews. He's gotten a lot better on, on pronouncing omnibus, which uh, is dope and funny. Um, listen to him because and listen to the Comics and Tortillas podcast. Uh, find them anywhere because they're finally up on Stitcher and that's going to die soon. But um, Adam, thank you for the love. Um, I'm glad you listened to the first episode back when it just dropped. And yeah, man, it's been hard. It's been rough. And I... I don't need a lot of people to talk to, but I, I love the fact that you're still riding my coattails. Again, joke. No, dude. I'm always going to promote you. I love you. Um, listen to Adam because he and I have been talking, and I didn't want to fucking say this, but um, I had a dream about Adam about a month ago, and I think I hit him up out of the blue. Adam, unless you want to correct me. Um, I got together with Adam just to hang out and just because I missed the dude and we were in my we were in my car and we start driving and we start talking and shooting shit and this is what I told Adam like this was my dream I had a dream about you and we're driving and we start talking and I'm like no hold up dude I, I want to catch up but this needs to be recorded 
like and Adam and I are bouncing ideas off of each other right now and we're hmm stay tuned I, I think there's going to be a lot of crossover things that are happening between he and I um, if he wants to still hang out and play with um, the asshole that cannot cuss on, on his show but please um, support him. Adam, again, I love you, dude. It's not me talking shit. I love you, dude. I miss busting your balls. I miss talking about sex facts. I miss all these articles that I'm coming up across. This show is going to get revamped. Uh, the intros are going to change. Minus the first intro by Andrew Lewis. I, I still love you, homie. I hope you're still listening. Um but yeah, a lot of things are going to change, and it's going to go more grittier. And I had a what-the-fuck news article, but I'm not going to have enough time because I have a lot of comic talk, not comic news. But give me a few, and I will be back to... Hmm. Fuck me. Before I go there, last bullet points. Um, I did put this up, and hopefully this one doesn't sound strange. Because before I even hit um, that one, I came across a review. Is um, something I read this week that made me feel very. If you ever came across yourself, um, all of you listening right now. So anyone from Red Robin, if you guys are listening, which I doubt you guys are listening, um, Adam, uh, fuck Eric, uh, Lynn. Sonny, um, Ray, Moses, Tony, if you guys are still listening, at your age right now, whatever age you're at, have you ever thought if you saw yourself at eight years old, what would you tell yourself? Would you let the kid talk to you? Would you... If you were ever to meet your younger self, would they, he, she be happy to see you, sad to see you, mad to see you, scared to see you, or disappointed to see you in the person you became? So eight years old, you, and please put this podcast on pause. And I do this a lot. Put this podcast on pause and think about it. Eight years old, you. Meeting you right now. If you can talk to your younger self, would they be happy to see the person you became? That's the last bullet point. And it's going to make sense. Keep on listening. I'll catch you in a bit. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist and Sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michello. We're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and are having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're listening to me live on Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comic Syndicate. Comic Talk.
All right, guys, I'm back with some comic talk. Um, I would love to hit comic news. Uh, not a lot going on. I mean, there is, but I knew this was going to go long because your fucking host, Josias, likes to talk so much, and he hates talking. And I hate hearing my voice, so let's just wrap this up. I read a lot this week. I got very little sleep this week, um, like an insanely amount of lack of sleep um, hours. So um, the cat's jumping on because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, working both jobs, so Monday through Friday, eight to five, and then six to ten thirty, ten forty-five, eleven o'clock every fucking day, Monday through Friday. And I dissected out like, okay, when I get home, let's not watch TV and open a beer. The opening of the beer still happens, but it's like, all right, let's get some reading fucking done. And let's get these notes together and let's put this fucking show together so that the Henry's catering can fucking hit me up and let me know, like, I don't know who the fuck I'm talking to anymore. That's a joke. I'm still hoping you're on board with this. But I did read a lot. So um, I did read a lot. I don't have enough time to read. But um, I read a lot. Okay, so let's hit a bunch of these real quick. Adam, I know, is going to talk about tomorrow. Um, I believe Adam still wants me on his show tomorrow. So Sunday is going to be 8-6, so August 6th. Sunday we're going to record. I would have loved to input his, uh, his episode and that in these notes. It's going to have to wait for next week because I need to hit all these uh, reviews real quick. Um, the first book I read, honestly, was X-Men number 25. Gary Duggan is the writer. Stefano Caselli is the artist. Marte Gracia is the colorist. And it just starts off after last week's review is pretty much the, uh, the, the gala. And this one is very Jonathan Hickman-ish where it starts off. That's what the X-Men do. They save everyone, everybody they can. Um, so it starts off with, um, Emma, Emma Frost, white queen trying to get Kamala Khan back to her home. She just realized she's a mutant and she died. And I know Adam said it's lazy writing. Um, inhumans have been gone for a long time in comics by now. So if they can introduce the X and inhuman part aspect of it like black bolt medusa though they're inhumans dude reader was a dope fucking new character um those characters i fucking really enjoy i love black bolt um so to have no inhumans around for a long time and to have the x-men always bastardized and i know that's not a word but bastardized um these are the bastard fucking children. No one cares about the X-Men. Um, I didn't find it lazy, particularly at, at the Hellfire Gala. Uh, the way everyone died was fucking nuts, and this is the aftermath. And and again, Emma Frost trying to mind wipe uh, Kamala Khan's family. Like, well, you don't need any part of this. Like, we have our war now. Um you don't need any part of this. And then Kamala Khan said a really fucking cool piece of dialogue where she's like, even if you weren't mutants, even if I wasn't mute, like I would need it to help you guys out. 
was fucking cool. Those small bits and pieces were, was cool for me. And, um, seeing the team separate and, and to see someone off the hinges, um, Kitty Pride, <laughs> Kitty Pride, uh, Shadowcat, um, Sprite, uh, finally go off and, and lose her humanity. I mean, for the most part, like when you've been quiet for so long, you want to <laughs> destroy things in the way she's been even uh, ostracized, honestly, in a weird way. Um, she goes to wet works. She goes to an old house and, uh, and finds old toys, old uh, weapons, and phases through kitty pride can phase through objects walls any object and disrupt uh mechanics and powerful mutant would be great to have so almost invisibility but like to phase through objects and um she finally is able to fall she falls through a Krikoan gate and she ends up uh not in Russia because that sounds terrible. And um she she comes across uh, a bunch of mutant haters that just want to kill and destroy and massacre mutants. And um the way it's drawn again by Stefano Caselli, I, I love their art already. Um off the top of my head, I don't recall exactly. I'm going to go through a bunch of reviews. Um, to see Shadowcat, to see oh, Kitty Pride uh, unleash and just go through pain. So the beginning, before you even start the, the issue, that's what the X-Men do. They save everybody they can. And this issue, she's able to... I miss this so much. Just unleash and destroy and fuck up everyone. Like, you just killed my friends. You killed my family. Um, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die. Like, she destroys people by herself. She throws them and phases them out and phases them into another person she does twisted shit this is nuts like it almost felt like an image comics title the things she does to these people and the rest of the x-men granted few remaining members of the x-men are worried about her like you're gonna go too far like you you need our help like meet us up because you need our help and she's just so far gone now it happens. I'm sorry to break it to all you guys. It happens. We're no now. It's time to let go and and let's hurt people. <laughs> let's hurt people. Um, was dope and beautiful and gorgeous because the way she did it was cool. She finally comes across one of the dudes, an army, an army of dudes, and he tells her like, no, no. Like, I remember you guys. I helped you guys out. Remember that one time? Like, you guys saved my lives. And so the beginning of the episode, episode issue, she says, that's what the X-Men do. They save everybody they can. And she's so much on a terror right now. She says, yes, that's what the X-Men do. They save everyone, everybody they can, even their enemies. 
a shame those X-Men are dead now. Um, was just the most enthralling, beautiful thing for me to, to read. Like, fuck yes. Like, um, I, I'm not a pussy. I'm not a bitch. Um, I'm ready to fucking unleash and destroy things and people because it's fuck this because fuck everything. And, and people are not kind and people are, are assholes. So to see this, to read this was fucking cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's worth checking out. Uh, next one's going to be Astonishing Iceman number one. Steve Orlando is the writer. Vince, uh, Vincenzo uh, Caratu is the artist. And Java Tartaligia is the colorist. This one was cool. It was fun. Iceman did die in the um, Hellfire Gala. Again, last uh, episode. Um, this one was cool. Um, Iceman is a braggart. He's an asshole. He's cocky. He's like Spider-Man. He's like uh, Human Torch. Johnny Storm, Bobby Drake, uh, Peter Parker all are the same type of character for the most part. And um, even though Bobby Drake looked like he died, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the partner he's with now, um, some dude loved him so much that his mutant powers were able to care about him so much to bring him, to bring him back to life, which was kind of cool and odd and beautiful at the same time to me. Um, and Bobby Drake gets back home and his boyfriend built him an ice tower. Like, no, we need to keep you alive. Stop doing this shit. Like, you can't go out into the world anymore because you're not yourself right now. And Bobby being Bobby is, no, I have to go out and I have to save as many people as I can. And it breaks down at the end of the title is um, what the structure is that's keeping him, Bobby Drake, alive besides the love and adoration for people from a partner and um going back home i guess is is cool it's it was odd it was a it's not a one-off but it was very cool to me <clears throat> next one's gonna be the sacrificers so the first three issues were marvel comics this is going to be the sacrificers this is going to be an image comics title Rick Remender is a writer, uh, Max Fumara is the artist, and Dave McCaig is the colorist. This one, um, honestly, Adam got me into, uh, um, not Steve, uh, Rick Remender, Rick Remender, uh, Fantastic Four run. Um, I love Rick Remender. Right? I've interviewed Rick Remender. We've, Adam, we've interviewed him, right? I know I have. Um, but, um, this one is a number one issue. It's a short read. It's it feels completely short. It starts off with um, starts off really harsh. I guess um, is um, a house of birds that can walk and and choose to or can live their lives and, and have a dinner or breakfast together, and they have this one little bastard bird child that as the family is literally praying together. Um, this one young male bird pops his head through the window and as a dad's praying he gets pissed off and goes outside to teach his kid his bird kid a lesson 
and they're all bird people. Uh, jumps then from there to this uh, family of who fire, and um, this young girl is reading text. So initially, I thought she was reading these stories to learn about the past about these bird people. And she's done with her studying. Bell rings. She leaves, and she goes around this. I don't know citadel. I guess is the best way to put it. Not a castle. And she comes across her dad um, talking to his mistress, which is interesting, and her trying to confront it. Confront it, and the dad and even the the mistress telling her like, "No, fuck you! Like you don't even know what's going on. Your mom's a bitch," which I know that world too. Um, and her leaving again, and then the title jumping back to the bird people. And when the bird dad caught the bird kid, um, peeping into, literally peeping into the window as the family, bird family, is having a dinner, the dad goes out to the the barn and, and starts beating the, the kids, the bird kid's ass. Like, uh, takes off his belt and starts wailing on him. And number one, fucked up. Like, I don't care what type of creature or animal you are. You don't do that. So, number one, it just felt like, oh, harsh, harsh, harsh. Um, and then next pages, you come to realize, like, okay, this mob comes over with a bunch of kids of def- different, uh, who not nationalities, different, um, not even ethnicities, uh, different species, I guess. So human kid, pig kid, like different types of kids. And first issue, short read, and the dad says, no, you cannot take my kid. I changed my mind. And whoever's in charge of the, the bastard kids, I know that's terrible to say. Um, he's like, okay, I'm, I can take one of your other kids, a bunch of girls. And the young kid, bird kid that got his ass kicked said, no, like, this is my job. I'm supposed, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. Um, kicks off. The dad never tells him anything. Like, oh, thanks for being proud. Um, the young one comes up, the, the young bird sister, I guess. I love you. Don't leave. Like, don't leave me. He's like, don't worry. I got this. Like, this is, and he gets shackled up with a bunch of other fucking kids. And as the mob moves on, saying, these are the sacrificers. Now, what that means yet, zero, zero fucking idea. But, um, first issue, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Adam, this one was good, this next one. Uh, issue number one, DC Comics. (laughs) Issue number one, fucking suck balls. <clears throat> Night Terrors, Batman number one. Joshua Williamson is the writer. Um, art wasn't the best. I mean, obviously, I didn't read it, uh, or, or it didn't mean enough for me to, to do. I normally drop everyone, and it was like, this is not good. So there's a villain out right now. So uh, just to give everyone context, there is a villain out called insomnia and he put all actually the world to sleep 
And he put everyone to sleep so he can jump into their nightmares and create nightmares for everybody because he says there is one superhero in the DC universe that hit away a nightmare stone. And the only way he can find it is to go into everyone's nightmares and find this stone. Um, everyone has a story right now, so Night Terrors is an event going on right now. Night Terrors number one was um, a good opening, but not the best opening for me. Like, I really thought it fucking sucked. And we've met Joshua Williamson before. He's the um, interview that got away. Like, early, early comic syndicate. And I still love his work because he writes really dark and, and gnarly. Um, issue number okay. Issue number one. He starts off. Um, Batman is in his nightmare and trying to live and through every chaos theory that's going on. And Batman has been training for this because he trains for everything. And he finally almost gets broken. He's like, no, this is not. This is not me. He takes off and and takes off. Um, using abilities, we don't gets to see him use because this is nightmare world and he realizes like i know where i'm at now this is a fucking dream and i have power here well which is beautiful but it it was a weird issue number one issue number two actually let's go back to issue number one he comes across something he thinks he fears which is a bat gun and i know it sounds weird but um um number one what he is a bat and number two, or number one, I guess, would be the gun. He hates guns. So the, the face of this bat has a, a giant barrel on his face. And, and insomnia is trying to, to fuck with him. And, like, you're not going to get any sleep. So you, we're going to send you an army of little Bruce Waynes to fuck with you. And Bruce Wayne's still telling himself, like, this is fucking fake. This isn't real. This is just a dream. Um, issue number two now, I'll kick in here because it gets a lot fucking better. Joshua Williamson is still the writer. Gillum March is the artist. Uh, Tomei Mori is the colorist. Number one sucked. Number two fucking rocked. And I dug it fucking a lot. And this one is more him, Bruce Wayne, still confronting his nightmares, his, his bad thoughts, everything. You hide away. Everything we... Hideaway. And I'm going to say we because I want to say me. Everything we hide away. And he gets away. He it's he realizes it's just a dream. So like, fuck it. I'm going to use Superman's powers and I'm going to fly the fuck away. Because I realize this is fake. This is fucking fake. So I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And he finds his, in his dream, again, he knows this nightmare land and he knows this is not real and he finally finds his his place of zen which is a weird i guess this one would be a citadel his tower his black door his hidden dark secrets and um he goes to a place that he finds comfort in in his dreams in his nightmares in his day-to-day life this is not part of my nightmare. This is all Batman dialogue when he comes across this. And uh, when he comes across this, he's fighting a bunch of little broken-hearted Bruce Waynes that are, are tearing blood, which is great visual to see. 
and he finally finds a safe spot. This is not part of my nightmare. This is me. Insomnia was right about one thing before. There is a piece of me forever in that alley. The sound of the gunshots is nothing unusual in Gotham. So when my parents died, it didn't draw any attention. I was alone with my parents' bodies for 90 minutes before a beat cop happened to pass by. But none of that is the, this nightmare. I hid behind the black door. This boy was alone in that alley, and he made a promise to himself. A vow of vengeance to make sure what happened to him never happened to anyone else. And ever since that day, I have wondered if this boy in this alley saw me today, would he be scared? So the question I asked you guys earlier, you know, it sounds weird, and a little bit bizarre, but uh, this was what I needed today. Uh, yesterday, last night. Look, I've been reading every night, so I don't know. Um, I have wondered if this boy in the alley saw me today. Would he be scared or disappointed? And this is all Batman's dialogue. Um, if this boy in the alley saw me today, would he be scared or disappointed in what I have become? And this page and these panels are just beautiful to see because you see Batman strong and weird and fragile but you see little bruce wayne in the alley by himself bawling tears and scared and alone and um again this is i think what i what i needed um did i let myself down as the kid finally says they're dead. My family is gone. I'm alone. Then Batman answers. In this moment, you think this mission is yours and yours alone. You're never alone. You will have a life unlike you ever expected. For a long time, you will live isolated. In the shadows. Hidden and shooted away from anything but your mission. But others will find you in the dark. Friends you can't imagine. Some who can fly and shoot fire from their eyes. Some who can stop bullets with their bracelets. Who are so fast they can break the sound barrier. And children who will make you a better man. Young Bruce Wayne Balling says, That sounds like a dream. And then Batman answers, It's more than that. It's your family. And he starts hugging himself. I know that sounds weird. Um, Batman taking off his cowl and hugging the younger version of himself. Uh, uh, Batman. Damien Wayne. Uh, Bruce Wayne. Young Bruce Wayne that needed it more than anyone else. Uh, it's your family as he's hugging him, comforting him, and takes his cowl off again. He tells the kid, thank you. The kid answers back, I'm proud of you. But why are you dressed like a bat? Because people are scared of bats. But bats are cool. Um, that one 
was what I fucking needed. And I know it's weird. Um, very cool. But um, I loved it. The dialogue. Uh, last one is going to be, geez, uh, ooh, was that book of the week for me? That's what I needed in my life. I mean, Adam, hopefully you appreciate that. That one. Death of Venom verse number one from Marvel. Colin Bunn is the writer. Gerardo Sandoval. Fuck. Um, Gerardo, Gerardo Sandoval. Gerardo. Gerardo. Gerardo Sandoval is, um, I love Ryan Stegman drawing. Venom, but Gerardo, Gerardo Sandoval drawing Venom is completely fucking sick. Like, he's able to draw so many versions of Venom. Number one, Colin Bunn, we've interviewed before, um, and he's a dope cat. He writes very dark. Um, Met his kid. Like, it's fucking gnarly. And this one, he gets to write... Uh, in a nutshell, it's pretty much um, uh, Carnage minus the host, so minus Cletus Cassidy, which they go into this this comic book, and um, it's pretty much um, Carnage getting loose and wanting to destroy any and every Venom from every fucking world. And there's a team that's been put together by Agent Venom, which is a female, which I believe is uh, Eddie Brock's wife from one of the other dimensions. Oh, worlds uh, is the best way to put it. And um, Carnage is just destroying every fucking buddy and, and trying to gain more power. And this crew that's put together of Venoms um, from across multi-dimensional and trying to stop him and knowing they're fucked a lot of bloody a lot of gory in this one um this one is also top book of the week for me for me like uh, anyone that can unleash like i'm not carnage i'm never carnage i'm venom um this one i feel a lot of kitty pride kitty pride just Alright, let me take these shackles off and let me go to work and destroy shit. Um, and uh, Night Terrors is, was dope. So those ones are Book of the Week. Um, I don't want to spoil anything on, on Death of Venomverse, but um, they're going to die. <laughs> they're all going to fucking die. Um, this is the first issue and it, it was dope. Um, so I loved it. Listen, subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, not Stitcher is dead. Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, hit me up on, you know, I don't do Facebook. Fuck me. Um, I don't do social media anymore. Hit me up on fucking Twitter's dead. Everything is dead. So you know what? Just hit me up on Instagram. And so that changes too. I'm not a TikToker. Adam motherfucker writing my coattails. I love the fact that you're finally creative enough to finally post things like you're doing on Instagram, dude. You, I needed help doing that, and now that you're finally doing it, dude, that's fucking sweet, and I love it, and I know it sounds like I'm a dick. I'm not. I love you. I'm giving you a hard time, but you're finally using that creativity, dude.
what took you so long, homie? I fucking miss you. Let's record tomorrow. And yes, guys, um, to end the show, uh, we have plans together, Adam and I. Um, yes, that's all I will say. We're gonna, you're gonna catch both of us soon. I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.